We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's three guys who combined to play 15 seasons in the National Football League trenches. Well, two guys. And Mackey, who didn't do shit. He just, he just sits there and looks pretty. This is the O-Line Committee. Except it's only two guys this week because when Jay is away, the kids will play, Booney. That's Dude, right. The principal, the principal's out of his office. We're about oh, to get in oh. so much trouble. Oh, by the way, this is a huge fine for not being here. That's a no-show wow. fine. That is a no-show. That's like conduct detrimental to the show. That's almost, that's almost cuttable. That's, I mean, and then it's like boring. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go off the grid for ten days. You know, I'm not can't gonna talk to me, and all of a sudden he texts oh, yeah. me out of nowhere, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, you said you can only talk once," and then like 24 hours later, another text, and I'm like, "Dude, what is? Is he really yeah. just at home right now, laying on the couch?" I swear, I, to God, if you are, Jay, I'll be so mad. I'll be so, I, dude. So much work when he's gone. My wife's like, what is wrong with you? He did He did find a way. Yeah, he's like, uh, so he's on a, he's on a trip. It's a, it's a hunting trip, an annual hunting trip, with right? His with his, with his yeah. pops, right? He, he and uh, he must have hit 10,000 feet somewhere because he hit me up with it. He, he texted me this morning. He said, hey, I didn't watch any of the games this week. I heard the Dolphins hung 70 on somebody. Give me, <laughs> get, which we'll get to. Uh, give me the give me the games where let me know what my record was and give me the games we're picking. So and then that was, hey, was by the way, that Dolphins <laughs> tattoo is looking way more real every day. I, I mean, I got a nice spot somewhere on my. I'm gonna get a right dolphin like, yeah. just crawling up my neck. And you know That's what else great. I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get Dan Marino's signature across it. Wow. Can, yeah, I think I think could he just? It'd be great Come if he could way. just sign it himself with the Why tattoo gun. Yeah. On the Literally. on the show here, you know. Let's right here, happen. right across the neck. Oh, I love it. My man. wife so, cringed. She was like, oh, my God. Sweet <laughs> look great. Well, it's funny. I joked about the Cardinals. And, oh. uh, two weeks ago, they, <laughs> dude, they had a three-touchdown lead right. in the fourth quarter on the Giants, and then they boat raced the Cowboys this weekend. I know. Dude, it's been incredible. This, this year of football has been so much fun to watch. It is any man's race at any time. Just the minute that – Everyone's like, man, Dallas is looking really good. All of a sudden, you're like, ah, I'm going to retract that previous statement. And then, like, as before, like, I think it was Jay when I was talking about the Dolphins was like, oh, whatever. And then all of a sudden, they go and put up 70 points. Like, dude, this is, points? this is, this isn't, and I love, I love, and I'm going to butcher his name on purpose because this guy always pissed me off that Chris Tomlinson or whatever. I love that he just threw it right back in Sean Payton's face. Oh, like, that's, Chris Thomason. Chris Thomason. Thomason. 
Whatever. Former, he was a former Vikings beat writer for the Pioneer Press when you he played me the off Vikings. all the time because he asked me all the just. But that's exactly what Chris was like here, and that's why you're like Chris. Shut up! Shut. <laughs> I know we lost. He's yeah, Look at Sean... the stat sheet over here. You know, you went three for twenty-two <laughs> on third down. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I was out there. What's your question? <laughs> no, I just thought you should know. <laughs> what a dick. What's the question? It's great. Sean Payton. Sean Payton gets up there. He's ready to just light the whole building on fire. He addresses the, you know, the historical Good. defense department. And Chris is like, let me put my glasses on here for a second. So you do you understand the historical magnitude of how inept you were today? What's the question, Chris? Oh, what's the question? <laughs> literally, I heard you. What's your question? No, I just didn't know if it was a it was a historic monument today. We we're all looking at how bad you played. It's like, dude, I, I swear to God, I go, I've heard that voice before. I started getting triggered in my mind, and I go, there's no way that they would let him go out there and ask that question. <laughs> I found out it was him, dude. I was so excited. I was so pumped. So pumped. Oh, my God. He's a legend, man. By the way, uh, uh, if you're stumbling into the O-Line Committee podcast here for the first time, thank you for stumbling into us. Uh, this is where an idiot fan, myself, gets to ask dumb football questions to t- usually two former NFL offensive linemen. Click that subscribe button and the like button on the O-Line Committee YouTube channel. And if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple and Spotify on the audio side, you can help us grow this offensive line lifestyle community here. Um, So before we get to our dumb football questions and then our picks, I would be a hypocrite if I I came on this show two weeks in a row and trolled Jeremiah with uh, college football t-shirts of teams that beat his Huskers and didn't acknowledge that I now owe you a steak and a THC seltzer for uh, your yeah. Ohio State team getting getting lucky at the end of the Notre Dame game all the right. other day. Yeah. First of all, first of all. Very lucky. Let's be honest. <laughs> had 10 guys on defense. <laughs> out of a timeout, dude. They, <laughs> they, called a, they called a timeout, hey. and they ran 10 guys out. At what point was someone like, hey, why is Ricky on the sideline? Like, <laughs> right, aren't you supposed to be out there? <laughs> he's still, hey, you he's know what? still we'll looking, he's still looking at the clipboard. Any way we can, we'll take it. It's a win's a win. No one's going to put an asterisk and be like, oh, by the way, there was 10 guys on the field. But I'll tell you what, Lou Holtz really pissed somebody off, man. That poor old guy, he couldn't he couldn't say anything that day. And everybody was just crushing him. He's literally just trying to pump up his team. And everyone's like, where's Lou Holtz? Like, dude, Ryan, <laughs> chill, Ryan. Stop that. He's probably yeah. on the same recliner taking a nap. Leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely in bed, dude. Leave him alone. So not the uh not the best moment for my my fighting Irish. And I was dude, I was I was laying in bed like flipping back and forth on my on my phone, like on YouTube back and forth. So my two teams are Notre Dame and then the Gophers. The Gophers had dude. a three touchdown lead in the fourth quarter against Northwestern. There were six fans in the stands for that game. Hey. And it's like they both Within First 10 of all, seconds of each other, just soiled themselves. That was a fun game to watch. When that freshman was on the field, what is it, Darius Taylor? Uh, yeah, the go- the running back for the Gophers. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's healthy or not, but my God, when he is on that field, it is fun to watch. It is explosive. That offensive line's getting after him. Like You were like, what, what is going on? This is fun to watch. And then they, did, I heard they blew the lead. I'm sorry. I was, I was yeah, you were like, name. you came on Purple Daily like, God, did you see this running back in the first half? Or like, Alex, did you watch the second half? No, I didn't. Before? No, <laughs> I didn't. Burn and then the I tape. heard he got hurt, and Don't. I was like, my God, that's terrible. He would look phenomenal. And 
Um, but yeah, hey, you know what? Hey, shout out to Marcus Freeman. We played together at Iowa State. Great. One of the greatest guys in the world. I love him to death. I was sad to see him lose, but at the same time, my Buckeyes won, so I can't be too upset. But I think he's doing a phenomenal job up there, and I don't, you know, I don't know how people feel about him, but I think it's awesome and what he's doing. He's got those kids playing tough, and that that team is their offense too. Their that running back that they have is fun fun to watch too. It's just these running backs are just they run through these holes and they have no just care in the world, and they're putting their shoulders down and they're just putting their head down. And you're like, oh, it's finally time to see it. I love it. And the offensive lines are playing better. I love it. Cracking love it. cracking heads. Shout uh, out right. Joe Rudolph, too, O-line coach at Notre Dame. He was coached by Ohio State. Great guy. Great, great fucking guy. Love him. Wow, it sounds like maybe Notre Dame has a bunch of, like, Ohio State uh, spies or something that are sabotaging. No, no, sure it's we would never there. do that. We, we play fair. We're not the Patriots. Bunch of, bunch of plants. Was Jim Tressel the, uh, the consultant for that game for Notre Dame? Sweater vest. Um, hey, whoa, whoa. Easy. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, I just Easy. the end of the game felt a little fishy. Uh, I to will me. say that your PJ Fleck resembles an awful lot like his old coach. I'm just saying. What, Jim, Jim Tressel? Yeah. With like you know, the. PJ the tie was like and a the... GA there when I was there, right? At Ohio State. Yeah. I'm just saying, he looks an awful lot like Tress back in the day. And there's, they a, there's do like to class to it up. About that. I like that. I like the classy. Who look, was the know? Niners coach? Mike Nolan used to wear the the suits on the sidelines. The suits, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that before you got there. That was before I got there, but I remember watching them on the. Yeah, yeah, it was great. All right, I got some dumb football questions for you here, dude. I'm gonna we're gonna get in so much trouble tonight. Jay's not here to ding yeah. us or stop <laughs> us or be like mute him. We just uh, you just got back from a, a rabid sixth grade football coaching <laughs> hey, adventure. Shout out to the Chan six one team. Their defense. I'll tell you what, man. It was it was a tough game. We won thirteen nothing. We played to the bitter end. It was dark. The field was wet. The grass looked like Stanford's field. It was super long, and I was there. Everyone's looking at me, coach. Are we gonna throw it. Are we gonna throw it. I'm like, are you serious? You can no. barely snap the ball right now. You want to throw the ball, but. We walked away with the dub. Super proud that that Chance Six One team was tough, though. My God, I love good football on a Tuesday. We're trying to uh, we're trying to get our hands on some all twenty two film of these sixth grade football oh, games. Gonna, so we can, show you something. We can I'm break down you some youth football film. You can get do. on my O line. I get on them every day about it. They go, I'm gonna I'm gonna show this to the world someday. Now, now they're screwed. But yeah, uh, hit me, dude. Let's do it. Late yeah, so we uh, I'm going to give you the first one here, but then we have a bunch from the audience. So if you get, keep hitting us up with your dumb football questions in the YouTube comment section, we stockpile them. We get to as many as we can. Uh, the first one comes from me, though. I want to know, are the Miami Dolphins about to be the greatest offense in NFL history? Dude, they're, they're averaging close. 43 points. Three games, but they're averaging 43 points per game, and they just put the second most yards up in the history of the NFL with like I mean, 720. It was stupid, right? And Without Jalen Waddle, by the way. That's what I was going to say is they don't even have one of their best players on the field. And you, you watch this this Broncos game, and there's times where I'm watching the All-22, and I go, where the hell is the 11th man? Like, where's the safety? Oh, he's 40 yards deep. And then I'm like, wait a minute. They don't even have Jalen Waddle on the field. What are they so f- Oh, that guy. Uh, oh, I get why. Like, and the way that they fake it, I hope you pulled some good plays because his fakes are so smooth, and it's, it's, it's very... Sam Fran, right? Like everything yeah. they do is like one in front, one behind. Always kind of making guys go, "Whoa, what was that? Where is that?" They ran a play, and I hope you pulled it. I he think I did. We'll do a we'll do a full film review on a different episode. We'll, we'll do week. it another time. Yeah. Don't worry, we're gonna get to it. But mm-hmm. they ran a play, and my I, I literally I don't you know me I don't reverse a lot of things because I'm normally like seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. He snapped it 
tossed it as he caught it to the guy going in motion, like a fly motion. And then it was so fast. And then he pretended to hand the ball off that the whole defense chased the handoff and didn't chase the. And my mind was like, what Dude. did I just witness? And you watch this and you're like, and they don't even have Jalen Waddle on the field. And they're just getting going. And they just got this young rookie who's running for like 200 yards. Like, what the hell is going on? They're the, the leader of the team, the man in charge, is literally skipping around, doing the two-step shuffle and stretches, <laughs> hitting the vape pen in, in away games. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, you love to see it, though. And it's fun because Tua fits that model so well, right? Like this little fake. I'm going to carry this out, carry this out. Oh, no, I'm just going to sling it left-handed down the field. I love watching him throw a deep ball, dude. It is so pretty. He so God, if he can obviously it's like it's about health with him right if he can with all and of he, them, wasn't he doing like jujitsu classes or something he was I he was so. taking classes Defend in the himself. off season to learn how to fall the right way but I don't even know how many <laughs> sure. times he's been hit this season listen They've, when Vita Vey is hitting you there's no jujitsu in the world that's going to be like curl up and fall to the side right. he's going to throw you down like he's the Hulk okay just take it and move on but dude what what they're doing is and I know you think stats are stupid but I can tell you that the quickest time to throw of any quarterback in the league this year. This isn't like your offensive line is bad quick time. I mean, this is like schemed quickest time to throw is Tua by like a half second per throw. So they, they're trying to, I mean, some of it's probably, we don't want them to get hit, but they're also, they have the fastest skill position players. Here's another one for you. I think it was uh, ESPN put this out like two days ago. They looked at the seven fastest clocked runners in the NFL on offense this year. All of them are Dolphins, that's, where it's that's like uh, 22 miles per hour <laughs> top speed on this play. Like two of them are Tyree Kill. They got a couple other running backs in there. Dude, it's, they're, it's, using, they're using their system perfectly, right? We're going to spread you out at times. We're going to bring you in tight. When we spread you out, we like to run the ball up the middle, or we're going to run it over here. Like We're going to make sure, because we have fast guys, we're going to get our playmakers the ball right now. If we do an RPO, it's literally catch ball, whoop, whoop, gone. The ball is literally gone that quick. And if you don't press these guys up front, they're gone in a quick. And that's why I think you're seeing all these defenses kind of like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We don't have an elite cornerback that can really just stand out here the entire game. And two, when we have two receivers out here and we start to put some guys in the backfield, that's when you're going to see the San Fran. And you've already started to see it. Like guys are moving around the field and it's making defenses go, wait a minute. A minute ago, that guy was the running back. Then he was the tight end. Now he's the slot receiver. What the hell is he doing? Like, what are they doing? Is it a reverse? Is it a double pass? Like, it just constantly make you think, and you have speed that you have to track down, which is some of the hardest thing. Like, sometimes when you get into this speed versus power match, people like to debate it. My opinion is always speed can kill you, like, because it can just take off the house, take the roof right off. And that's why you see these safeties so deep. And then you're like, well, you're almost too deep. Because you're 30 yards behind the entire play, and I just watched Tyreek Hill catch this sail route, and he just scored because you thought you were going to catch him at the corner of the end zone, and he still outran you. So apparently yeah. being 30 yards deep is not the answer. So now the next team's going to be like, all right, well, let's go 25 yards. Like, like Everyone's just going to keep trying to figure out what do we do to beat them. And then at the same time, you have to think, what if they just start messing with their personnel and start making you put out the personnel that you don't want to have out there? And it, it, I'm telling you, it's just the beginning of the season, and it's so fun to watch them already. And like, and Mike McDaniel, you know, this is, I don't know, I was obviously wrong on this, but when I used to watch his press conferences when he was a coordinator, and he yeah. was kind of the goofy guy that would get up there, 
on a th- the thir- Thursday is the day where the coordinators do their press conferences for every team. Right. And he'd get up there every week and he would just be like screwing with the media and cracking one liners. He's like this kind of nerdy, oh. mad scientist looking guy. And then when, it, when he got hired by the Dolphins, I kind of thought, I don't know, like, is, is he a guy that's going to lead 53 men and a bunch of coaches? Or is he more of a mad scientist, one liner sidekick guy? I don't know if this is going to work. And obviously it is. Yeah. I mean, he clearly has from from the scheme down to just like the belief of the players. So I, but he just doesn't like he doesn't look or feel like any NFL head coach that I can remember. He doesn't he doesn't look like well, a no, football guy, you know? He man, doesn't look like a football kind of guy. A but if you like you like Andy Reid looks like a football guy, you know? <laughs> Sean McVay is a like you could see Sean McVay as like a right. slot receiver punt return guy, you know. I don't even know what to say. Mike to McDaniel I'm... looks like a like a like a second city improv uh, cast member or something. Listen, he looks there's like a, there's a he, lot of coaches that look like they don't belong. That's why I don't know if I like I get what you're saying. He doesn't look like your stereotypical coach that's going to come in and be like, "This is how it is. It's my way or the highway." He's the guy that comes in and is like, "Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, you want?" <laughs> Five minutes late, you got it. <laughs> You're good. All right, here we go. Oh, you want to come in late too? No worries. Come on, sit down. Hurry up. Let's go. Like, at some point, as long as the team understands that there has to be discipline, which it seems like they understand it. Like, they get it. They're like, hey, we can have fun, but as long as we're winning. And I think it'll be different. And the big question for them is going to be when they lose a game, what happens, right? Like, do they start to spiral or are they just like, oh, no, we'll catch ourselves or we'll fall or can they lose a game? I mean, let's be honest. You've just put up 70 points against an NFL team. I mean, that's... That's bonkers, man. That's... And the fact that you didn't kick that field goal after all the things that everyone's come out and said, like, you know, they didn't even interview for him and he used to be a ball. Like, the disrespect that they showed him and the respect they showed him. Like, that just goes to show you, like, sometimes these guys can definitely surprise you. Like you said, he surprised you that he's a good head coach. It surprised me he didn't go for three there. Like, to, to... that would have been I the NFL even, record, right? Right. If he, I if wasn't they even watching the game, but when I read about it, and they were like, we were surprised he didn't go for three. I was like, I kind of was too. I could see a lot of coaches being like, hey, it's only a once-in-a-lifetime record. We're going to go for it, right? And he's just like, no, nah, man, we're good. We'll take the yeah. Like, it's just the – it's a badass way of handling yourself and then turning around and showing the team like, hey, we did enough damage, all right? They're going to cry for weeks about this. We don't need them to, you know. <laughs> Seriously, this is enough. <laughs> Great yeah. job. Love Chris Chris Thomason's gonna rub it in in the post game for uh we got for this. We, don't worry about it. We got a guy already over there messing with Sean. <laughs> what's what's the hey what's your what's question? the what's the biggest ass kicking you've ever been involved with on a football field? Oh, I'll tell you right One now. One way or the other. I got the football in here somewhere. Um we we played the Buffalo Bills in 2012, I think it was, and we put up over six hundred yards of offense. I mean we 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 just over three hundred rushing, three hundred passing. We we had a lot of fun, and that was back when they had uh, that was back when they had some dudes up front too. They had uh, God, I can't, what was that nose tackle's name? Remember, he got in trouble for think. speeding. Uh, it's a first round pick for him. They had him. They had uh, Kyle Williams? Williams was it? Uh, they had Kyle Mar- Williams there. They had some dudes. They had some dudes there. But that was like that, that, that was, was like pre like way pre Josh Allen. Was that like Tyrod Taylor? Oh, uh, yeah, Buffalo Bills, maybe. That. Oh, and you know what? Another good one was, and this is probably our one of our proudest ones. Is we went up to New England in December and we beat the piss out of them. But they came back and it ended up being like a 49-41 game. 
but the whole game we just we rolled, man. It was that was a fun game though because they had Vince Wilfork in the middle and Kyle Love, and they had all all those dudes on the defense, and oh Brady was throwing picks and he was getting pissed and yelling at the refs, and I, oh dude, it was so fun. It was kind of raining and it was cold enough that like wasn't snow, but you were like just don't put your hand in the ground because then your hand would kind of like get wet, and then it, oh it was terrible. What uh, I got one more one more for for this week's slate, and then we'll get to some some dumb football questions from the audience here. Um, there's some 0-3 teams out there. My Vikings are 0-3. The the Bears are 0-3, often ass-kicking with Taylor Swift watching from uh, the suite level. And their defensive coordinator just had to resign in the middle of the week. Justin Fields can't really play. There's a couple other teams out there. The Broncos are 0-3. What are the the 0-3 teams feeling right now? Oh, panic button. Panic, right? Like you are in, the, you're deep into it now. You're zero and three. You put a lot of bad film out there, and I feel like too the morale of the team is probably going to be way down. Like no matter how hard you try to be, like, hey guys, we should be two and one. Everyone's like, yeah, we're not. We're zero, we're 0 and three. And Taylor Swift was yelling, "Let's effing go!" and pounding the glass while uh, First the fortieth point was scored on right? us. First football game she's probably ever watched or gone to, and she's going crazy. Like, you, you know you guys are getting your asses kicked when this girl doesn't even know what's going on. She, by the way, she had, like, a cheat sheet. Like, she had some, like, cheat sheet that was with her to tell her, like, what was going on and stuff. I'm like, dude, if she's going banana balls crazy, you guys are getting the shit kicked out. You need to figure you, it out. Do you think, okay, there's been They're some speculation. Nuts, though. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna like, Who, Justin me. Fields? He drives me nuts. Like, just try to... to to go in after week one and throw the coaches under the bus as much as you did creates such turmoil. Because whether you're right or whether you're wrong, you are going to have that entire building upside down now with everyone being like, no, 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 he was just playing. He was just playing. There's going to be so many people that are like, did, did he just say that he's playing like shit because of us? Did he just say that? Like and now you got everyone be like no 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 that's only bad that's only bad dude it's week one how could you not keep it together for at least eight weeks like yeah you know what listen we get them next week come back fight harder here we go you know I think it's the coaching dude <laughs> you could not hey ready light run away just run and watch it go kaboom. you're right and they and it seems like everyone before that chiefs games and oh everyone even the coaches were like no it's not what he meant and and then justin fields had like two other press conferences but that's the thing it's like now you spend the whole week see if if you just say it the right way the first time you're or just own to it. understand Mackie, how we think right like you you just didn't even have to say that because now i'm going to get asked that question jeremiah is going to get asked the question and for the next 45 minutes instead of getting taped i have to sit here and be like yeah no there, there's no animosity we're all good he he doesn't know what he's saying i don't know what do you want me to say guys what am i supposed to say? i okay. don't know you're uh you alex boone you are a jets offensive lineman right now and a reporter oh. comes up and says is zach wilson capable of leading this football team do you still believe in zach wilson <laughs> Listen, I can't even put myself in That's that what they're being asked in the Jets locker room right now. I mean, I'm going to be like, dude. <laughs> no. It's not. I'm telling you. I just And that's sometimes where you're like, you got to fall on a sword. No, those are swords you have to fall on. And that's the one thing that nobody understands. Like, the Jets had it right. They had it planned. 
They just didn't plan for the one thing to go wrong that went wrong. Who could have said in the first four plays of the season that one of the best players in the NFL was going to tear his Achilles and ruin the entire season for this team? Yeah. Everyone had been like, dude, number one, you're the biggest hater in the world, right? But the fact that it happened, now even they're like, dude, what are we going to do? How are we going to patch this up? How are we going to fix this? There's not enough good quarterbacks out there for them to be like, hey, we can just plug and play. It's just not that easy, and people need to understand that. I don't fault the Jets for that. I mean, it's hard to find backups as it is, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you guys are going to have to just grit it out and find a way. And if I was the old lineman, I would fall on the sword and be like, listen, he's going to be fine back there. We just need to block better. We need to run block better. We need to find a way to run the ball. We need to find a way to get the ball out of his hands faster. There's a million things you say. Yes, it's the most political thing in the world, but what am I doing? I'm stopping the turmoil from starting. I am not the guy that ignites it. Why? Because if it goes kaboomy, I'm the guy with the fire extinguisher standing number one. Like, I can't be the guy that lights it and then turns around and goes, I was kidding. That's not how you roll as an old lineman. You're mostly just like, yeah, we get it. In my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, dude, we're screwed. We are totally screwed. But <laughs> I, what, am I, what am I saying? God, we're going to have to sign Why? Carson Wentz after week four, aren't we? This is going to be. Why? Because, and here's another reason. I'm, I'm a firm believer that there's people upstairs that listen to these, and there's people that are next to you that are listening to what you're saying. And as long as you're constantly saying, hey, we're going to be fine, there will be people that know you're lying, but they'll jump on that sword with you they're like hey man if Booney's going down with the ship I'm going down with it too why because we're all here nobody is gonna come in and save us that's what nobody gets like guys you don't tag in your buddy like hey it's week three I'm out you're in like we're gonna roll we'll make a game out of it we'll start playing fun stuff we'll start seeing if we can throw the over under on the interceptions we'll start betting more on ourselves like we'll figure out ways to make ourselves have fun even though we know there's a train wreck behind us yeah I think the, uh, the 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 executives at NBC and ESPN are probably the most disappointed because I think there's five more Jets oh. primetime games on the horizon here. So, hey, yeah. did you pull that Monday Night Football song? Did you hear it? Let me see if did, I have it here. It had me wanting to go through a wall, dude. I might have it here. Let's see. And and just. Fletcher Cox with the bop, 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 bomb. I was like, dude, I saw him do that on the episode. Do you, what, what is, which, which of the football songs gets your blood pumping the most? Uh, is it Monday, the, is it the Monday night football probably song? Monday night, Monday night, old school Monday nights. I used to watch with my brother. It was amazing. It, we I think, I think it's the Sunday night one for me, but yeah, dude, I think I found it here in my, uh, my folder of football. So- oh, Dude, that's the old school mix right there too, man. That's like Dude, the Al Michaels, Dan Deardor, Frank Gifford mix. That's Dude, the best was when awesome. Harbaugh was in San Fran. He would play the music like a, on a big game like that. He'd blast the music as you were running out. He'd be like, if you're not excited, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. Is it? Ah, let's oh. go. You were like, oh, my God, it's so exciting. Dude, even now when I watch these guys, you, dude, you get so excited and you're like, I just. You bring up your guy, uh, Harbaugh, here. It's a good segue because the first Uh dumb football question from the audience is from Skull Geek. On the next O-line committee, can you please ask Alex about the time Jim Harbaugh slapped Jim Schwartz on the back too hard after that game? Uh, On Bussin' with the Boys, Delaney Walker said Jim Harbaugh planned it before the game. What do you remember? Were you on that team? You played so that game? If, if you actually go back and watch that, me and Harbaugh chest bump 
right before he goes over there. We were so excited. That was a really tough game. And I remember we were going in there and the Lions were really, really tough at that time. Like, you were going to get the best. And I remember it was a really tough fought game. And we ended up winning. And we ended up, like, to end the game, we had to go, like, big personnel. We had to run the ball. Like, just power, power, power. And I remember I was going against Bobby Carpenter at the time, who I played with in college. And it was just so, like, there was so much animosity. We ended up winning the game. And Harbaugh's going crazy, throwing, pulling his shirt out. Because that was his big thing. He always had, like, a, a motto or a saying, which I thought was great. Like, if you played really well, he'd get your name embroidered on a blue-collar shirt. Because he always believed that there was somebody in your bloodline that had to work a blue-collar job to get you to where you were. And so you should be proud of that person and proud to wear this shirt. So, like, I, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, people were massacring people to get this shirt. Like, it was a badge of honor in Harbaugh's eyes. And so you were always like, I just want to make that guy proud. So every week we'd have these contests. And whether it would be, like, kickoff, if you could run down there and smoke somebody. Or on kickoff return, if you could come back and crack somebody and just upend them. Like... There was just ways to get guys motivated. And it was the dumbest thing. I, you know what's even dumber? I still have my blue-collar shirt upstairs, and I still put it on every now and then. My wife's like, you're oh, look at, Dude, you get to wear, like, wear it on the show, dude. I'll wear it next episode. I, it's awesome. It says Rhino. Uh, and I remember, and then so <laughs> then, if you got one of those, then you'd level up, and you'd get the jacket. And the jacket was a, uh, God, what is that? A Dickies jacket, and it had your name embroidered on it. And so once you were, once because you'd like level up and you get the jacket, and then after the jacket, there was like a belt buckle. Dude, it was, and you would just come to work in this jacket, and you'd feel like a badass. Like, yeah, that's right. I'm at a level three. I've been kicking right. so much ass. And then, and then it was great, too, because like he put these patches on your practice jersey that would show your rank. So like if you had been there for 10 years, you'd have like 10 stripes. And then if you had made all the off-seasons, you'd have like an off-season patch with how many stripes you'd have. And then like... All these, if you were a captain, how many times you were... So, like, everybody had, like... Because at the end of the tour, everybody was, like, four years through. Everybody had all these badass patches. And I look at it now, and I'm like, man, you want to talk about the greatest way to motivate the biggest bunch of idiots. Like, you were just so proud you got another tally on your patch. You're like, that's right. I've been here a while. I know... Isn't this like, like, like at Ohio State, right? When you get a Buckeye on your helmet? That was different. That was, like, What do you uh, have to do? Okay. What, but, like, how, how do you get a Buckeye on your helmet? Offensively, like, if you score over 21 points, you get everybody on the offense would get a Buckeye. If you were over 75% on third down, everybody on the offense would get a Buckeye. If you would, you know, completed 75% of your passes or more, everybody got a Buckeye. Like, there was a, you know, after that. But, like, this was more personalized, which made it mm. fun because then it was everybody competing against each other. And so it was like, all right, big winner this week. Oh, Bubba Ventrone again. And you'd see half the guys like slam their books down. Like, this is bullshit. I should have won. <laughs> it was great, dude. It, it was Just like, like it's the, like Bachelor Bachelorette where like you get it. Like one person gets a rose for yes, the week or something. Yes. And, and that's exactly what it was. It was exactly like Gruden's Grinders. It was the guys that were working the hardest that made their ancestors proud and could be proud enough to wear a blue collar jacket. And it was like. Yeah. And the reverse psychology that this guy did with us was phenomenal. I mean, I you couldn't you couldn't have said better things to get us motivated. And a lot of it too was I think he he gained our trust because he wasn't afraid to kind of throw himself on the sh on the sword. Like he would he'd bring up cases where he either got beat 
or something bad happened to him and he was like you know and then all of a sudden he'd pull up film like one time we were watching our highlight film and in the middle of it he told us about how he was on kickoff and nobody believed him because he was quarterback so in the middle of this highlight film it cuts out into this old grainy film and they highlight Harbaugh and he's on kickoff and I'm like no way the whole place starts erupting right <laughs> runs downfield gets smoked from the side doesn't get up and Jim gets up he's like that's right that was me. Everybody, the next day, I swear, I've never seen so many guys run down so fast just to try and make, like, just to make him proud. And you were like, dude, he earned your trust so fast because he wasn't, and he wasn't afraid to grill you. Which, my God, but no, that was not planned. He was just super excited. That's just how Jim was. He was a real ball player too, which made everybody love him. Like he spoke like us. He talked like us. He, we would get into fights with each other, and he'd be like. I remember one time I got into a fight with a player, and I can't I can't say who it was. It was a pretty heated fight, like really, really heated. And it was in front of his dad, and it was at dinner time. And there was only a few of us that stayed late with to, for dinner. And for this particular night, I didn't have my kids with me. And normally we all brought our kids up and ate together with Harbaugh's kids. And, like, we had a great time with him. He mm-hmm. was awesome. But for whatever reason, it was just players. And me and this player were walking, and we got into a fight about what had happened the week before against the Giants. And... I was pretty heated, and I probably should have just walked away, but I didn't. I said some really nasty things, and I tried to go after him a little bit. And I remember Harbaugh called me and was like, he was hot, and I had never seen him this hot. And he was like, I want you in my office tomorrow at 5.30 in the morning. And he hung up on me. So I was like, all right. So I go in the next day. He was still really pissed. And he was like, you know, as a teammate, I wouldn't respect this, and I don't appreciate this. And he really hit me hard because I was like, you're right. I never thought about that. I was like, but at the same time, this is my stance. And he was like, hey, I get it. But at the same time, you're a teammate to this guy. You need to be his teammate at some point. And I was like, okay, you're right. I get it. Like, he's one of the, probably the very few people that could talk you out of a situation because he was in that role. And he was like, that's not what we do as leaders. Or that's not what we say as leaders. Even though it's what we believe, Booney, it's not what we say. And I was like, you're right. That was stupid. I didn't do, you think he, uh, do you think he has one more NFL stint left in him? Are you kidding me? I used to see him throw balls. He got mad because whoever was throwing balls at the Randy Moss tryout wasn't throwing him hard enough. He's like, give it. Get, get that ball. Why, Danny? <laughs> and he's like, what the hell's going on? He's like, get up there. Slant. Why, Danny? <laughs> Gets back there, throws a dart. Toof. Missile. Just no, I don't, right in. I don't mean as a quarterback. I mean, oh, like, yeah. do you oh. think he's going to be a head coach in the NFL? I'd love I'd love to see him no, play no, quarterback, no, no. quarterback for the Jets. He's better than Zach Wilson right now for the I'll Jets. I promise you right now, <laughs> I, hand to God, that dude would win more games than Zach Wilson. I, swear to God. <laughs> I think I agree. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> do I think he goes back to the You know, I do and I don't. I just think that Jim's a great guy. I love him to death. I don't know what he's going to do next. I'll be interested myself to see. If he does go to the NFL, it would be so fun to watch just because I think that these – the, the generations, and we talked about this on a future show or on a past show, was how it's kind of the changing of the guard of the quarterbacks. You're getting really young in the NFL now. Like Aaron Rodgers was the last old quarterback. Now Patrick Mahomes is considered the old guy in the league. And it's like this whole football is changing back to how he used to run football with us it's in the Niners, even at Stanford. Like guys are yeah. running pistol out the ass. They're running a ton of RPOs. Could easily see him walking into a team and being like, listen, this is what I need to make this work. And I hope everybody loves to work because I love to work. You're going to love to work. Like, that's the one thing. Like, if you can get everybody to buy into the work, 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 and hit one of his biggest sayings was more is more. 
And I, we all used to laugh and be like, wait a minute. Isn't, isn't it less is more? He'd be like, no, 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 that's stupid. More is more. I'd be like, oh, okay. And another one was too, um, we're paranoid about being paranoid, which meant they covered all their everything. Every corner inch was swept out, cleaned out, memorized, like everything. And if you can get guys to buy into that, dude, it's, it'd be interesting. Giro, I think, is still on the streets. Yeah. I mean, it would be it'd – be, I'd love to. I'd love to see it, man. Uh, hey, so the, we can we can ask this again when when Jay comes back. But um, a couple people have asked over the last couple weeks, how did you guys go from being players in the NFL to being now on the media side? So yes. we'll ask you, Booney. What is your journey from from being a player in the NFL? How and why did you become a, a talking head now? I guess on the media side. Honestly. When I played, I used to have a show in Frisco every Thursday where I'd go in and just mess around. And I would have so much fun just being, just talking to the people. And like, I felt like. Was this like a could, radio show or a, or a yeah, TV show? It radio was on, show? Uh, the game? Yep, the game. And it was great. We had a lot of fun. We would talk about the game coming up and everything. And I felt like I was great because I could kind of distract people from some of the truths going on, you know, because at that time our team was really badass. And so everybody was always trying to pry their way in. And so the minute I would see something coming, I would try to deflect it right away and be like, no, you're crazy. Get the hell out of here. Or, you know, I would just totally mess with people. And so I had so much fun doing that. And then I came here to Minnesota and did one here, and it was super fun. And then when I was done, my wife actually signed me up to go to this broadcast boot camp through the NFL. And I had no idea what it was. And it was actually in – Bowling Green, Ohio. And I was like, why the hell am I going to Bowling Green, Ohio, right? <laughs> I get there, and it was like some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. And one of the guys that was there was actually Jerry Madelon, who was worked at ESPN for a long time, director, VP. Like, the guy was a beast. And he was one of the people that was kind of running the show for everybody. And I remember he actually, and I keep this book with me at all times, he gave me this book. And... What, one of the things that he talked about in the beginning was he was like, hey, you know, if you're here to have fun, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong space. And I was like, oh, dude, is he for real? Like, there's no way. And he was like, <laughs> this, his exact quote was, it's not play, it's work. And I was like, oh, okay, this, this, is, this is nonsense. Three days later, I had an entire notebook filled with notes. I was like, yeah, it's all, it is definitely work. But it was fun. And it was fun work. It's fun it was, when you when you put the work in yes. and build the structure, then it, it, it can become a ton of fun. Yeah. And he was right. And it, it was one of these things where it was like, if you know so much about this offense, why are you not trying to go out there? And one of the things that kind of drove me nuts was how people and we would catch like Sunday night games as we were flying home and you would hear somebody just berate somebody. You'd be like, it's not even that guy's fault, though. Like clearly it's not his fault and then you would go back and be like this guy clearly doesn't know what he's talking about and it's always pissed me off because the o-line were always getting crushed and you'd be like but that's not right that's not at all right and so you know starting to go out and venture out and just talk and try to bring up the o-line as much as possible i think people appreciated that and the fact that i've never really had to lie about anything and yeah i get myself in a lot of trouble but it's it's the truth or it's how i feel and so i don't have to and i learned that early because i was kind of trying to play the political role a little too much and I think some of my friends called me out on it when they were like dude you're not that guy be the honest guy they're like even if you're the asshole in the room be that guy because that's who Booney is and I was like all right you're right and so now and it's dude it's super therapeutic because you get to watch all this football and you have all these things that you want to talk about all these guys that you never feel like get enough respect and that's why this show is so fun is because the old line never get any love and so it's fun to actually be able to like look how awesome these guys are playing like even the Dolphins look how 
look how awesome they're playing up front. And it's a lot of this is people have no idea what's going on and how it's, oh, they're fascinating. They're also taking care of people up front. And so the fact that we get to highlight them a little bit more and talk about them, it's super fun. I think, too, like you kind of nailed one of my biggest pet peeves. I've, I've, I, what am I, 30? 38. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the age where I don't even know how old I am anymore. I've been, I've been in this business since I was 18 years old, so over half my life. And so I've, I've run into a lot of players, baseball, football, basketball, that want to do this for a living after they're done. Or they, they, they got done playing, and now they want to do this for a side gig or for a living. And 90% of them are gun-shy when it comes to telling the truth or telling a story behind the scenes. Like they're, they're still sort of protecting something, or they don't yeah. want to piss people off. But at the end of the day, like you can't really cut through the noise of all the other content out there and all the other people that are blabbing on a microphone or on a screen or whatever, unless you're being honest, funny and honest and informative and all those things. And so, I mean, not to blow smoke up your ass, but I think like the fact that you come on here and you don't really care if you offend someone and, and Jay's Jay's the same way. It makes you guys stand out. I think a lot of it, too, is we were in those shoes at one point. We lived that life. We were the guys that were getting crushed, whether it was by the media. And not that I ever really paid attention, but my grandma pays a lot of attention to what's being said about me at times. And she would call me crying. And I'd be like, hey, it's okay. Don't worry. I just got it from the GM, too. And the head coach and the owner. Don't worry about it. Everyone's giving it to me right now. But it was like the fact that you got to – the fact that I sat there at times and took tongue lashings for other players, I think that kind of gives us the right at times to go out and be like, no, this was the guy that messed up. Why? Because he did. We know. We know he messed up. And at times, yeah, we know we messed up too. And that's the whole point of this is at times you're going to mess up and you're going to screw things up majorly. But as long as you can fix it and move on, you'll be fine. And I don't think that as long as you're doing it with malice, like as long as you're not going after someone, you're just like, hey, the right guard didn't get the block here. This is what causes the problem, right? Like we're pros. We have to get this. And if you think somebody's not going to break down who's making the biggest mistakes, they're going to. You might as well be getting it right instead of blaming other people. Like, you know, at times <clears throat> I hear that – who was I just – I was talking to somebody. It might have been my neighbor or one of the coaches up at EP. Somebody was – and they were talking to me about the play that we broke down, and they were like, you know, I can't believe that you think it was all Kirk Cousins' fault and all this stuff. Oh, you ran into a Cousins Crusader. Yeah, and oh. I was sitting there, and I was like, but <laughs> I broke it down. Like, once you say 5-0, we're done. You can't, you can't expect us to snap the ball and then be like, oh, wait, no, we were just kidding. It's not a 5-0. Like, that's in our head. It's, it's ingrained in you. You hear 5-0, we're done here. Anything after that becomes the next guy. I'm like, I know for a fact that they walked into that meeting the next day, and they were like, hey. Look to your right next time, okay? Just be a little smarter. Like the O yeah. line, what, what, what could you say to the O line? You gotta be there. He's like, dude, I'm setting the edge. I'm coming back as fast as I can. Like, and it's the fact that you can break down in real time. Like, yeah, it wasn't the O line's fault. It was the quarterback's fault. He should have done something. And like something. that, that's a sweet spot for I think content today is that you've got former players coming out, and you and Jay are two of them. I mean, bussing with the boys is one of the most popular. I mean, hell, New Heights with the Kelseys. Like, former players, this is kind of a renaissance for former players to come out. They can kind of start their own thing. There's YouTube. Yeah. There's podcasts. You could go to a network or a radio station, whatever. To but, but there's so many places for you guys to come out now and tell people what's actually happening in a fun and entertaining way. Right. And, and so, like, the, the cousin stuff is a great example of you watch a couple of those plays, you know, and it's like, uh, 
oh my god, the the right guard, classic Ed Ingram again. It's like, well, right. he's had a bad season, but but you explain sort of why actually, it, yeah, that's. And that's that's where I think Jay and I feel the best is when we're like, listen, I know everyone's blaming this guy, but it's not his fault. Why? Because that guy's eventually going to hear it from everybody. Like, I knew you missed that block. He's like, I didn't, though. I didn't miss the block. Like, And then you got the defense starting to think, like, yeah. did you miss the block? Because they don't know shit. They're, they're, they just go from what they hear. They're like, hey, I heard you're messing up. You're like, I'm, what are you talking? We're winning. No, we're not messing up. Oh, heard we were. My bad. <laughs> Hey, this is a, this is a dumb football question from Rich in Oklahoma. I kind of love this question, actually. Oh, do player me. do players always refer to their ex coaches as coach? For example, I always see Bill Cower referred to as Coach Cower on TV. Do his former players like walk up to him and say, "Hey, Coach, how's yeah. it going?" Like if you if you what, see what a former coach, go up to Jim Harbaugh and go, "Hey, hey Jim. Jimmy." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, okay, I'm a different example because I used to mess with everybody. I told you he's called Vic Dick because he really was. <laughs> uh, Dick Fangio. Yeah, it's Vic. I know. But, like, most of the time, yeah, when you see a coach, you're just like, hey, what's up, coach? How you doing? And it's like a level of respect almost, you know? Like, I don't know what else you – I would. I guess I would never really go up to a coach, especially somebody that I didn't know or play for, and be like – like, if I went up to Sean Payne, I wouldn't be like, hey, what's up, Sean? He'd be like – yeah, you? it's like former teachers, you know, I mean, like like after you get done with high school or college or whatever. And I remember Go like back. going to get coffee or lunch with a former teacher and they're like, no, you can call me. Call me, Bob. It's like, I call you, what? No, oh, you're yeah. you're Mr. Anderson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not. I don't I mean, call, I, I guess call me Jane. I guess it's <laughs> no. different. Like if you played with a coach for like, like, I'm sure that Peyton Manning isn't going back to to. Jim Moore and going, hey coach, I'm sure he's like, hey Jim, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? But do you think do you think Peyton Manning calls Tony Dungy Tony or Coach? Tony, for sure. You think so? Yes. Okay. But I think that they're on a very different level. Like somebody like I'm sure that Tom calls Bill Bill. I don't think he calls him coach. You know what I'm saying? Like that level of respect is so tight now that you can call each other very first. But everybody else coming back, like I'll bet you that Wes Welker going back is probably like, hey, what's up, coach? So you know Wes Welker is not he's he's great, but he's not quite above the line where he can call Bill Belichick Bill. I I don't know because I'm starting to think about Julian Edelman and I'm like, man, I could really see him being like, Hey Bill. Hey Billy, <laughs> you know? yeah. I could see a Billy, a Billy in there. Yeah. No. Gronk probably calls him whatever no. he wants. No, I'm sure Gronk calls him coach. Uh, does like, he? Okay. I feel like Gronk would have enough respect, but hey, what's up, coach? How you doing? And, You're probably right. Yeah, Tom's definitely like Bill. How you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> By the way, they asked me to come play for the Jets. And that was great. Wait, what? Didn't somebody oh, on Twitter oh, Tom? was like, yeah. They are like, no, stop asking. Like, yes. No, I mean, Tom, Tom hasn't filed the paperwork yet for uh, for it. his ownership. So, so hey, let's make, some, let's make some picks here. Let's make some picks here, my man. Can so, we talk about last week's picks? Yeah. When, whenever I say let's make some picks... I will always talk about last a, week's picks before we get to this week's picks. I mean, I already know how everybody did, but I just want to hear you say it. We all did pretty well last I'm week ex- here. So, I'm excited. So we pick four highlighted games that we project to be close or that uh, you know the experts project to be close. And we pick straight up because, as Jeremiah would say, uh, spreads are for losers. So we just pick winners and losers here. Last week, all of us went 3-1, and one, Booney. 
All of us went three and one. So you have a nine and three record on the season. I'm at eight and four, just a game behind you. And Jeremiah finally, uh, finally back to even par here at six and six. So he's dragging up the rear. The four games this week are Lions at Packers, hold on, Dolphins hold on, hold on. at Bills. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Write this down. Okay. That's Lions at P A C K E R S. Hey, you say, okay, it's at the Packers. Got it. We'll start there, actually. It's important. Oh. Jeremiah has the Lions. He has, uh, from from 10,000 feet in the wilderness somewhere, he has texted in his picks here. So Jeremiah has the Lions in this game. It's uh, it's at Green Bay. Thursday night game this week, Mm. I believe. What do you like in that game? You know, Packers down 17 rip in the fourth quarter. I know. Derek Carr goes out with an injury. Your Saints. And Jordan Love leads them back with 18 unanswered points. You know, and I'm excited about that. And I, I think it's great. I think it's really great. But I think the Lions are going to be a little too much. This played Thursday night games. I'm telling you, a lot of it is who's ready to bite kneecaps off. That's really what it is. Like, you're, you're into the meat of the schedule now. You're in week four. Everyone's beat to shit. Who's showing up? Who's not? I see the Lions. There's only one team ready to bite kneecaps off, and it is Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions. I wish I could go against the grain here and be a lone wolf, but I think the Lions on the road go in here and they win this game. I think the Lions are just objectively better than the Packers, although Jordan Love has has played better than maybe I thought and a lot of other people. I agree. So Lions across the board. All right, uh, the historic Dolphins. At the Buffalo Bills, who just racked up their second straight blowout win after a bad week one. Jeremiah has the Dolphins continuing their momentum in this game. I can go next year. Give you a second thing. So, all right, this is probably stupid, but I feel like everyone's going to pile too much on the Dolphins bandwagon after what we just saw. I think there might be a little bit of a come down after you score 70 points. They might be a little high on their own smoke. So I'm going to go Buffalo Bills to win this game at home over the Dolphins. I don't think you're wrong, dude. I think the Bills, number one, have a tough defense. They always do when they're led by Sean McDermott. I like your pick a lot. It's in Buffalo. It's going to be a rowdy game. I think think it's a close game, but I'm going Dolphins. You know, I'm riding that tattoo all the way out. Yeah, you're kind of committed at this point. I'm committed to the Fins. You're ink committed. Come on, uh, Marino. Okay. All right, we had to throw this one in here because it's not. We got, the, we got two winless that. teams playing each oh, other here. God. We got we got Sean, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson looking for their first win, and the uh, the Bears were just in disarray right now all across the board. Broncos at Bears. Jay has the Bears in this game. I'm going Broncos. I think the Bears are such an unsalvageable train wreck here. Mm. And I feel like when you get when you get boat raced historically, and you have at least a couple of guys. I mean, Russell Wilson's kind of a shell of himself, but it's Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. These are two future Hall of Famers at their craft. Have some pride and go win a football game. I'm going to say the Broncos get on the board here. Okay, listen. If this game ends in a tie, <laughs> I want credit for it. Okay, because oh, okay. I could see this being like a three-three game. But at the same time. I'm going to have to go with the Broncos, right? I just... Oh, my God, it's so bad. I mean... 
It's an ugly football game on paper. I, you know what? No, I'm not going with the. Oh, he's changing. I'm still not over what Sean Payton said. <laughs> disrespecting <laughs> another. Co- I'm just. I'm loyal to the cause. All right. I'm cr- so I'm we're crossing on. out Broncos. We're going Bears. I'm going Bears. We're going Bears. Okay. Both you guys have Bears. I'm a lone wolf here with the Broncos. And then uh, our last game here is Ravens at Browns. The Browns defense giving up 3.2 yards per play only through the first three games. Jim Schwartz all over that thing as the defensive coordinator. So Jay's got the Ravens going on the road winning this game. Who do you have? I'm going, uh, well, I'm from Cleveland. And I'm, I'm a, I mean, I love Stefanski. I'm going to have to go with the Browns. Let's go. Let's go. Is that Cleveland? Dog he was there. Well, he was in Minnesota when you were in Minnesota, right? Stefanski. Oh, yeah. What was he doing? He was Quarterback the, uh, coach? Yep. He was great, dude. I love Kevin. Okay. He's great, dude. Great, dude. So you got Browns. I got Browns, man. I'm, I'm kind of a believer. Their offense coming around a little bit, too. I know that Chubb's out for the season, so they got to find a consistent run game in the yeah, wake of that. Sure. But I still think I like their defense, too. I think Miles Garrett is just drawing a lot of oh. attention. A well, lot. that's. Uh, that's one of the – you guys check – and these both might not be up by the time you're listening to this, but in the next, like, 24 hours, we're going to have film reviews up on the O-Line Committee YouTube channel. Mm. Dolphins offense and Browns defense. The Dolphins oh. offense, best unit in the NFL on that side. Browns defense, best unit in the NFL on the defensive side. And you're going to break it all down wait. for us. Cannot wait to watch. It's going to be so much fun. Got to join us. So uh, there it is. O-Line Committee podcast here. We hope Jeremiah finds his way out of the wilderness here and rejoins us next week. So, Pour one out for uh, for his cell phone the last please. nine days. Right. And if you guys could give us a like and a subscribe on the O-Line Committee YouTube channel here, we would greatly appreciate that. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.